It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. If you use the code TVV20, actually, is it, no, it's not. It's hashtag Villa View. Wrong show. Absolute wrong show there. If you use the code hashtag Villa View, my eyesight is completely gone, then you'll be able to get 10% off everything that Purity have to offer. Right. Unexpected. Did not expect to be sat here saying Aston Villa 1, Manchester City 1, just as I was out. That was the most negative I've ever been, Neil. They're going to reel me back in with a plucky performance and a great result. Just none of us could have anticipated that before the game. Just goes to show, Dan, that you don't need to make 763 passes in a game uh, like Man City did to, to win. In fact, it goes against uh, it goes against the handbook of trying to win games because you only draw games with 763 passes. That is a mental number of passes that Man City made. But plucky Villa... We stuck in there, and and uh, yes, I know that they owned the ball and that they, you know, they they came at us, and but they didn't have an awful lot of clear cut chances, I don't think, uh, Dan. Yeah. And I, th- you know, like you said there, they kind of reel us back in a spot a bit because, um, and we get onto it, I presume, in a moment. The team sheet was significantly different than I think most people were willing to admit that they thought it would be, and uh, I think we kind of have to give give credit for the way that the, the players out there performed and the structure that they played in albeit in a game whereby, uh, I suppose, literally everybody wrote them off. Like like Chris Sutton was talking about a minimum 5-0 loss. And I think there wasn't too many Villa fans that were looking at that going, yeah, he's completely off the ball there, you know? I mean, I predicted us to lose 4-0 on everything that I went on. So that probably tells you how, how most people were, were feeling. You say that n- nobody expected that team selection. Omar and myself, we discussed that. At length, it makes it look like perhaps I knew what the team was going to be, and I absolutely didn't. But I honestly thought it would would be a good tactic to play Ramsey in in that le- in that left hand side of the, of the front three, and and Villa did. 
Good to see Douglas Louise in there as well. Before the game, I was expecting Esri Concert to come out. He didn't. He, he came. He was still there next to Tyro Mings and had a, had a good game. Much improved from Esri Concert. It's only right that after I've criticised him the last few games, I come out and praise him when he's done well. He's actually done well in the last couple of games because I thought he was decent against West Ham as, as well. Sorry, the last two home games because he was decent against West Ham as well. And it was just a bit more endeavour in there. A little bit more grit. Louise coming in with Kamara just gives you... Are you saying Man City made 763 passes? But Louise and Kamara in there just stabilises us mm. a little bit. A couple of good distributors in, in the midfield. Ramsey's very good with, at driving with the ball. Watkins, I think, absolutely has to start in whichever setup you go in. And he gave Leon Bailey another game. And I think that's what he's needed as well. A bit of consistency. Not, not just coming in for one, being taken out for the next. Give him a run of games. And I think Steven Gerrard now has got to turn around and say... I'd just stick with that team for a couple of games. If, if if you can, I think. I think just keep that the same because they've gone and got a great result against one of the best teams in the planet. And I think if you if you just need that little bit of consistency in team selection to, to build those relationships, and, and that's what we got. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, I don't know whether I'd be able to go with the same team again, obviously, because Matty Cash, I haven't seen anything to do with Matty yeah. Cash's injury. When I say go with the same team, you know, you know Matty Cash isn't fit and Ashley Young is there. Ashley Young was incredible. That's Absolutely that's what I was getting incredible. at. Incredible. Since we were all doing climb downs like you were doing a climb down on Kanza, I was pretty harsh on Kanza as well. But historically, I've I've kind of wondered, uh, you know, what were we thinking at all with Ashley Young? But Ashley Young comes in. I believe you sent a message in the WhatsApp group when he came on. I believe. I, if I did, if I didn't, I meant to put it that way. And I've no problem turning around and saying I was wrong no. because it's uh it's a uh, it, it's therapeutic to turn around and say that you were wrong at times. And uh, but when he outpaced the Bruyne and then outmuscled him, took the ball off him and started a counter attack, I went. Yeah, he's getting drug tested after this game for sure. That random drug testing is going to going to just uh, fall on his on his lap, I think, after the game. But fair play to him; he was absolutely brilliant. And uh, as I say, he's he's a consummate professional. He's in there in and around the team for a reason. He's a guy as well who didn't sign into late in the late in the off season as well. And uh, he's come back fit as a fiddle. He's come into the team fit as a fiddle. And fair play to him. And if he needs to start at right back. So be it. And you can probably see there's a reason why the, co- the club felt comfortable now with Ken Kester Hayden going out on loan to further his career and uh, hopefully come back and maybe maybe have that succession plan for somebody like an Ashley Young. But no, in, in all fairness, Ashley Young, really great stuff and uh, and kind of solidified or kind of encapsulated, I think, the fight that the team had at the weekend because the team did go out there with a bit of fight and a bit of structure. And a lot of players played above how they've played this season already. Yeah, it was a couple of early scares from Manchester City. Kyle Walker, I think he was probably offside anyway. Perhaps should have scared, should have squared. Sorry, to, to Harland. Gundogan nearly got on the end of a scintillating ball from, from someone. He he just missed it. Probably just another toe away from getting on the end of it. But it was kind of back. It felt a, a bit like Villa came back from lockdown, and they were just let's defend properly. Let's be astute defensively, and and a little bit when Gerard first came in, it felt a little bit like one of those one of those setups, and it just makes me think. Why, when we've been on bad runs, have we not just done this another time? Because I know we're playing Man City, so you need to be defensively sound. But it felt like we'd got back to, to loving defending again on Saturday. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that our fullbacks knew they couldn't camp in the in the opposition half. They just went into it with this default. Gerard has set up... Gerard has played Man City three times now. 
And he set up the team really well in all three of those games. Really well. Like it's it's yeah, like as if really, he gets up. Could have won could have won all three of those games, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've caused them difficulty. We've caused them hassle and we should we should should have at least drawn all three of them anyway, at least. And uh I think fair play to fair play to, to Jared in that aspect. But I do I do think last weekend's game I didn't see Lucudin go as far forward as he normally does. Yes, he was up there crossing the ball in whenever we got opportunities, but he was back and he, I thought he had one of his most solid defensive performances. And he's been kind of criticized recently for can he defend? You know, questions are being asked about him in his defensive ability. And, and I think, look, it's probably fair that you ask that because we've seen him bomb up the wing and, you know, he's got all these statistics last season about assists and crosses and all that jazz. But he showed that he can hunker down and he can be, he can be, um, kind of uh, disciplined in defense as well. And I thought he did. He had a really good game as well at the weekend. And I thought that, uh, you know, that he showed that he can, he can hold that line if need, if needs be. And I think, I think it probably opened up uh, a lot of, a lot of people's eyes specifically when the dugout that maybe we, we should do this a small bit more and allow our midfield to create the width or create the running through the center. But once again, I think where we'll see that this team will get, gets, will get very much dragged out of shape even more so um, than we have seen already this season is when we're forced to try and break teams down it's but we've st- if we if it's okay and if we stumble on this kind of tactic for when we're playing against teams that come against us and we kind of um and we can defend resolutely and not concede albeit we conceded in this game i think that that's a start and it'll stem the bleeding i suppose that we've seen at the start of the season the team just had a nicer feel to it a nicer mm. balance you, you just felt more secure you didn't feel like we were going to get picked off in transition like you do ironically against every single other team but then you're probably playing the team that's best at doing that and you felt relatively secure because as you said Manchester City didn't create too much in that first half Villa going nil nil had, had a, a little opening of their own as well Watkins go, going through on goal and a deflected shot going just wide I thought I thought Ollie Watkins was exceptional mm. all day I'm sure, sure we'll come on to that later in the show but I honestly thought for a lone forward against the toughest team in the league. I thought he was absolutely incredible what, what he what he offered there. Every time he did get on the ball, he did his job absolutely perfectly. So credit to, to Ollie Watkins there. So, half-time, Villa have done a good job. Just just what you wanted and you, you think, just keep it tight first five, ten minutes, lads. Don't, don't, don't concede a goal and undo all that good work you've done in the first 45 at the start of the second half. But alas... We did manage to undo it. I mean, it was a sumptuous ball from 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 De Bruyne, Haaland doing what he does best, get, getting on the end of it. Questions over maybe the centre back's positioning a little bit. Conza kind of has a look at Haaland and then doesn't really track mm. him closely enough. Arguably, there's too big a gap between Mings and Conza when that ball's coming in. But De Bruyne is a, a sensational footballer. Kind of an, an easy class. goal for Manchester City, and probably the the only time we really switched off. In, in the game, and even that feels a little bit harsh to say that, but just there's a couple of little movements probably defensively that were wrong for that goal. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. But the cross, the cross was just brilliant. It was like what a quality player De Bruyne is and what a quality striker Erling Haaland is because it's not even an, an easy chance to finish. Yes, he's pretty much stuck in the goal line, but see how high he is to jump to get that ball in. You know, most players would have maybe chest You watch him in the flesh. He, yeah. Jesus, he's some build. He's a unique individual, and uh, he's just a genetic freak at the moment. You know, he 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 brings it back to kind of the way Ronaldo was when Ronaldo was really in his pomp. He does these athletic, like these feats of athleticism that you know that not many players can live with. But as you say, he peeled off the back of Kanza there. It was a peach of a cross. In the moment, I went, "Oh my God, what are you doing? Come on for this, Martinez!" But it was one of those ones where 
you know, it's just, it was just such a brilliant cross. You don't expect him yeah. to be pinpoint like that. And, and it was, and it's very difficult to cross to the back post at the best time, best of times and get at that pinpoint. So fair play to him. Yeah. I wouldn't dig out too much. I'm, I'm, I myself was in the moment critical of, of Ezri Kanza. But then again, as I say, I did have that, that negativity of Kanza around me at that period of time, you know, specifically going into this game. Um, but Look, I th- I think even if Kanza is there with him, I think Erling Haaland gets up and heads that in the back of the net. I just think he had time to jump and and to and to pass it into the back of the net with his foot anyway, and it just looked a lot more easy for him. But he's a, he's a super super superstar, and uh, and he'll score a lot more goals, a lot easier goals than that over the course of the season. Yeah, that point I turned around to the people I was sat with and just said, "Game over." Shows I'm a China <laughs> because I just thought well, we're not the best at coming from behind as is let alone against Manchester City. And when, once they go 1-0, you just expect them to dominate the ball. You expect Villa to have to, to go forward when they do have the ball and perhaps get picked off on those breaks, on those transitions. But it didn't really happen. In fairness, Haaland's goal was probably the end of his game. Yeah. Didn't, do, didn't do much else after that. I know he's not heavily involved in the build-up play at the moment anyway. He, he's just there to get on the end of things and he, and he does that magnificently. Not a slight on Haaland at all, saying that he's not involved in, in much of the build-up play because realistically, I don't think he needs to because they're that good on the on the ball anyway. Mings in particular against Haaland. I watched how Villa struggled against Kiefer Moore on the first game of the season and you think, how, how is this happening? Why is Kiefer Moore causing us so, so many problems? But actually, we managed the best striker in the world Really, really well. I think is. I wonder is it a. I'm not going to say a mental thing, but I wonder. I wonder did was it a case did did we go in against Bournemouth like our fans did, and I can't imagine there was many of our fans that thought we were going to lose two 0 to Bournemouth. But I wonder did players go in kind of half cooked into that game, from the point of view of oh it's Bournemouth, and then they were shell shocked after three minutes, and we just couldn't change gears from that point of view. Uh, the second goal, obviously, that Moore scored in that game was. Um, yeah, the less said about that, the better. We just we our head wasn't in the game in that in in that aspect at all. And I wonder was that just the case because maybe this could be a turning point that the players just needed to, from a psychological point of view, maybe they just need to know. Listen, we can we can live with the big boys now. You know, um, Arsenal ran us ragged. Man City didn't really run us ragged, and the reason they didn't was because they obviously know what they've implemented over that game and that it's worked. And can we now replicate it in other games as well, whereby uh, you know maybe teams are overrunning us? Can we can we um, kind of retreat into that formation and into that kind of defense type of formation as well? And and now that they've seen it work against one of the best teams in the world, um, hopefully they can replicate that as well. But I think there's a lot of work uh, even even after this game. I think and a lot of people have said that there's a a lot of fans have said there's a lot of work that, that goes into the to the mental side of the game. And I think uh, Aston Villa will be buoyed by this result, and it should be. And hopefully it'll be a catalyst because, you know, before this game, we, we I would have said that Leicester was potentially not winnable. Um, I would have said Southampton was definitely not winnable. Whereas now when you get a result like that and you see the structure, we see how well we played in structure. As you said, they've roped us back in again. Um, I know, except nothing more than a win against Leicester at the weekend. And if we don't, if we don't then go on to beat Southampton as well, then I'd be ter- thoroughly upset. So... Um, look, it's a bit of positivity, and it shows that the club, the the that the um uh, that the players have got out and they've played in a different structure and a different setup, and uh, hopefully that gives them a small bit of confidence as well. Yeah, well, they, to be fair to them, they didn't go under either, like, as I mm. thought they might at the time. It actually galvanised them a little bit, and yeah. as the game grew on, 
grew in confidence. I think the fans grew in confidence a fair bit as, as well. And it did start to come together and the fans were getting behind the players. The players were giving the fans something to get behind. Ramsey went through went through on goal, probably you know, a bad touch as it is he's yeah. gone through and he's made it easy for Edison to come out and, and smother it. I was, you know, again, being completely honest, he bought Coutinho on for McGinn. McGinn was quiet. Again, I'm not, not criticising McGinn so I don't think anyone had a bad game, but McGinn was probably quite quiet in the midfield. Coutinho came on. When he first came on, I thought, Oh, he's gone four two three one. Finally, Coutinho's going to play as a number ten. We're going to have Bailey and and Ramsey wide and and get closer to Watkins. Get Coutinho close to Watkins and see what we can have. And then we went. I realised we'd gone four three three, and he put Ramsey back into that number eight position. And I was like, oh, what, why, why aren't we trying something different? But again, Ramsey when he went back there was very very effective from the number eight position. As I say, he went through on goal. Edison came out and, and smothered it. He had another couple of decent moments. And then it's him that drives through and, and gets the goal. You know, Louise as well involved in that goal. A bit of tenacity in the midfield to, to keep the ball moving, to, to get the ball back, to get the ball back. Ramsey the, Ramsey the same. And he's picked out Leon Bailey, an absolute treat. The warning signs were there for Man City mm. just before Leon Bailey put, put, put a good curling effort wide. I mean, it's some finish because he's put it right, right down Edison's throat and Edison doesn't even see it really. It's in the net before Edison can react. And Villa are back in the game at 1-1. And like I said, he just kept thinking, can, can we here? We, we're growing into this game. The fans have got something to get behind. And Villa Park just felt galvanised. And we got that goal. And, you know, just Villa Park just absolutely erupted now. I would love to have been there for that. Oh, absolutely, I think. Because it was a real underdog kind of situation. Uh, we were on the canvas. We'd gotten back up. And this was our haymaker punch. And we and we got the opportunity and we took it. As you mentioned, Ramsey had had that situation previously. The ball comes to him. I've never seen a man control the ball with both his feet like Ramsey did there. It hit both his both of his feet and just kind of slid off him. Um, uh, he saw, probably saw his name in lights. And then obviously, was it before that? I think oh, it must have been before that that Ollie Watkins has an opportunity and he just takes it so so wide before he gets to have that shot. And I think it goes out for a corner as well. So there's those instances along with the Bailey one where you said he curled it wide, where you're kind of thinking. Gosh, we've had a couple of chances. We've had one or two chances here. Maybe that's our lot for the game. And then, as you say, a pile driver from Leon Bailey. Um, there's no stopping that. Brings us back into the game. But it was really interesting. You mentioned there that Jacob Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey, I thought, was really good. He's ca- carrying of the ball in that left. Yeah, we've uh, not seen enough of that recently. That That's his game. You forget how good he is at doing that because we haven't seen it really for what feels like a few months. But uh, seeing him I, doing that again was a real positive. I, absolutely, and and when you look at his average position map, he's right up beside Watkins there, and he, but he's right up beside him, but further to the left hand side there. So he's playing almost more like a traditional winger in that instance, which I was surprised with after I saw the game, and uh, I think that could be the position for him going forward. But did you see the 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 genetics of the two Ramseys? Did you see the goal that are they cut back from Jacob Ramsey? for Leon Bailey and then in the Norwich game Aaron Ramsey exactly the same gets into the box cuts it back to the penalty area and boom Norwich go uh, I don't know was it for the 2-1 or was it for the the winning goal but uh, yeah it was like literally it's like as if it's like as if it's faked because uh, both of them are exactly the same the passes back Uh, so two exciting characters two exciting um Exciting uh, young men, hopefully coming through the villa into in, play with the villa together. But uh, yeah, fair play to Jacob. Had a, had a fantastic game and long may it continue because he's had a slow start to the season. Yeah, I was really pleased to see him playing well because, like I say, you do forget how, how good he is at driving with that ball. His yeah. close control and the way he carries the ball is actually quite unique. It's not, he's not easy. He's one of the best carriers of the ball in the Premier League, the way he does that. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. His close control at speed is very, very good. Top mm. class from Jacob Ramsey. It was good to see that facet of his game. 
come back into it. There was a couple, again, a couple of scares. I mean, credit Emmy Martinez because as soon as we scored, I just thought, oh my God, are we going to just concede again straight after? This is what we do now. We score, give us some hope, and then we, then we concede straight after. Emmy Martinez just decided to sit on the floor for five minutes and just kill the game a little bit so that we couldn't. He made it impossible for us to concede straight after we'd scored, which I really, really liked from him. That was, that was good good leadership from Emmy Martinez. Just taking the sting out of the game a little bit, resetting, letting the players refocus. And then, in fairness, we went again. And we could, we could have arguably, wouldn't it, that Rodri dropped one just wide. I'm sick mm. of that guy always, always trying to score against us, doesn't score against anyone else except us, Rodri. He dropped one just wide. Did Haaland have, have, have another chance potentially as, as well? Did he drop one just wide or was that one yeah. nil? I can't, re- I can't remember. But oh, no, it was know. De Bruyne. De Bruyne screwed one wide. Free kick at the free kick off the bar as well. When was that? That was, that was an unbelievable free kick from De Bruyne. I've completely forgotten the order of the game, just so mm. muddled by the fact that Villa have took a point from Manchester City. But then we, you know, at the end, we were still pushing and you felt like we're, oh, we might go on and win this here. Shout out to Ollie Watkins again. That last 10 minutes, the amount of times he was given the ball Brilliant. on his own. Man City players around him and he made it stick and released the ball really well and kept the ball moving, kept Villa's attacking move ticking over while people caught up, caught up with him. As lone striking performances go against top classic opposition, I know he didn't score Ollie, Ollie Watkins, but honestly, I think you'll go a long way to see a better lone forward display than, than he, he gave us on Saturday. I thought he was absolutely exceptional now. Yeah, he was. He held up the ball. He, you know, he ran those channels. He was an out ball and you know he caused that he caused opportunities uh, uh, for or sorry created opportunities for Aston Villa in the small short uh, time that we actually had those opportunities. But no, absolutely fantastic. He looked like the Ollie Watkins of the COVID era when mm. there was no fans, there was no pressure on him, and he was scoring goals. Um, he had that kind of work rate. And also, I'll be really honest, the way we set up, he had nobody. He had nobody just. Like when Coutinho and Ings have played, they've always been way too close to him. It's almost like he's got no space to operate in or he's he's almost hesitant to go for a ball that goes out to the left or goes to the right because there's so many of his own players around him that he's like, I don't know, is it me that goes for this? Should have been making a beeline for the for the penalty spot? And it's a bit of an indecision there. He had a small bit more space to work with here. It, he was isolated at times, but he seemed to work and he seemed to pr- perform better and during that isolation because uh, he didn't have that indecision of wondering is is another one of my players going to go and get it and I don't want to exactly crash into them and make myself look silly. So, yeah, fair play to him, as I say. Very underrated performance, I think. Um, I think all said, but uh, yeah, like that's that's what he does. He's endeavour. He never he always gives 100%. And, uh, you know, those performances that he puts in there, he, he gets goals from those against other teams that aren't, as, aren't set up as well against Man City. So, once again... Plus one in the in the in the um, confidence column for um, Ali Watkins there, and hopefully brings that into Leicester at the weekend because he should be looking to play like that against Leicester. And if he does, that defense is creaking slightly. So um, hopefully there'll be goals there for him. Yeah, and bring back Tom Julian because I've not made any notes as I never do for these things and completely missed out the Coutinho ghost goal. I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a, a disallowed goal because I do think the whistle going Manchester City did stop. I don't, I don't. I think you would have seen some a bit more engagement to Coutinho's shot had had the whistle not already gone. I mean, I don't know what the linesman's looking at. I don't understand why the linesman's felt the need to put his flag up Crazy. because you know that's not what they're supposed to do. Now they're supposed to let the player develop. You can't be putting your flag up 
with absolute certainty when someone is onside either. So it's pathetic from, from the linesman. I did think the same as Steven Gerrard, that the referee was a little bit whistle-happy in the first half, letting that constant one go. That, was, that, was not, that, mm. was, that wasn't a foul. Don't blow your whistle there. Absolutely never a foul on the goalkeeper. Everything's supposed to be a bit more light touch this season as well. It's just not a foul. It isn't. So I, I don't think it had crossed the line. You might be able to tell me tell me more because you were watching it on telly, but I don't think it had crossed the line. But the referee a bit too whistle-happy. The linesman a bit too flag-happy. BAR, etc. PGMOL. They've had a bit of a nightmare at the, oh. the weekend in, in the other games as well. There's been all sorts going on. The West Ham decision was disgusting. The Newcastle one was a bit iffy as well. So, yeah, not a great weekend for Premier League officiating. Then the whistle goes at the end of the game. I mean, I don't feel a fan celebrating a point. No problem with that. I mean, it was, it was a great point from behind against the Premier League champions and one of the best teams the world has ever seen. And then a bit of unity again at the end. The players coming to the whole end, just feeling like, Maybe a connection starting to build. Gerard even went to the whole end himself as well. You know, he wouldn't have been able to do that in the in the last in the last home game. He'd got absolutely pelted. But he came at the end and I just felt like it's kind of a moment where the fans kind of saying to Steven Gerard, This is what we want. You know, we're not asking for the world. We just want a bit of organization and a bit a bit a bit, a bit of tactical analysis. And you know, great result, credit to you. And Gerard appreciated the support from the fans as well, because I wasn't in my normal seat in the whole end. I was in um I was in the Doug Ellis, the whole end mm. would raucous especially in the second half, and really help the team out. And, and that's what you want, everything going. It all goes in, hand in hand, in, in my opinion. If players give the fans something to get behind, that they'll do it. Sometimes Villa Park can be a bit quiet and a bit negative. But in a game like that, the fans will always give everything playing against the big teams. And I'm, I'm right in saying that's the first point we've taken off, off a top six side. Under Steven Gerrard. Since Manchester, yeah. no, we took, Man, I mean, Manchester United, I suppose we took a point at, at Villa Park. But against what, what I would describe as an elite team. That, that's the first point we've taken under Gerard, And in those games, he's ran them very, very close. He's only had narrow defeats against against most of the, the big, the traditional big six. But to take that point as well, that'll give us confidence in, in, in other games. But it all means absolutely nothing if we put in that display against Manchester City and then we rock up and stink the joint out in Leicester on Saturday. We, we just can't do that, can we? We now have to build and try and move up that table. Absolutely. No, we, we definitely can't do that. We can't do that. But we should still be targeting Leicester for points at the weekend. Like, once again, it's another away game. Um, Leicester, let's see if they're going to be fighting for their manager at the weekend. Well, I guess that's um, what I, Villa did, isn't it? And that's what, we're, yeah. you know, we weren't sure. Either, do the players believe in Gerrard? Because, like I say, when they went 1-0 down, it would have been very easy to, to go under. But they, they were playing for the manager quite clearly. I was speaking to someone in the week who was saying to me, the players like Gerrard. They're behind him. They, they they want to do well for him. They're disappointed with how That's, things are going. So I was I was interested to hear that before the game. I would. I'm interested to hear you say that as well because where does the narrative within literally everywhere else outside of the dressing room come from that Gerard is a hard taskmaster and that people are upset with him? The, the, don't get me That's, wrong. There's problems. There's been problems behind oh, yeah. the scenes in yeah. terms of setup and tactics and things like that. But the players like Stephen Gerrard. They are playing for Stephen Gerrard. I, I was told. So I was encouraged to say that. And it. And you know those words were backed up on Saturday when I, when when I watched the game against Manchester City because they did seriously play for him, and usually we'd be going to Leicester and I'd be thinking mm, Leicester haven't won a game this season. Yeah. We know what happens there. I think I'd be feeling more like that if it was at Villa Park, but it's absolutely pivotal that they go there and and, and we now Leicester are on the floor confidence wise like we were, and as we've seen, it only takes one little turn and things can change. We don't want to be that team that it turns for for Leicester. We've got to go there and pile on the misery to them. Yeah, and I think we will. I think this, uh, uh, like, I want this team to smell blood in the water. I want Steven Gerrard to smell blood in the water. As a player, he did it very well. You know, when opportunities opened up, there was times when he put teams in his back himself. So I think from a mentality point of view, he will smell blood in the water here. And and yes, am I right? Did he 
he didn't play under Rodgers for Liverpool, did he? No. Hard. He did, he did. Did he? He did. I yeah, don't think that. He retired. Yeah, no, he didn't retire. He left Liverpool under Rodgers as well to go to America. Under Rodgers. Was was his last was? season. Rodgers was the manager when we beat them in the FA Cup semi-final on Gerrard. He would have been the Wembley on Gerrard's birthday. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so like, I, I, who knows whether Rodgers will get the sack or whatever if they don't get results. Who knows if he'll, get the, if he'll even make it to Saturday? Who even knows? But um, I, I think, think Saturday is Rodgers' last chance, actually. And I, I get the impression the players aren't playing for him. We're looking at the Leicester game on Sunday. A lot of infighting on the pitch. Stuff you don't like. Stuff you wouldn't like to see if you're a Leicester fan. Really arguing mm. about goals and sloppiness. I think the goalkeeper's a little bit all over the place from what I've seen of Leicester so far this season as well. You know, so we we two nice Aston Villa over the over the years. Go there and smell blood. Pile on the misery. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just here. I'm I'm clicking and going. Who the hell is in goals for Leicester? Danny Ward. Danny Ward, yes, Danny yes, Ward. yes, yes, yes. He yes, might yes. not be for much longer because I've got Iverson on the bench who's a good prospect, done well in the AFL. It wouldn't surprise me to see him coming in yeah. goal at some point because Ward struggled so far and he was one of the people that was arguing him. I think it was him and Ndida had a big old row in the first half and there was lots of stuff like that from, from, from Leicester. It's a difficult place to play. As we've seen over the years, if things are going badly, Villa Park can become a difficult place to play. Yeah. I think the Leicester grounds are a difficult place for their own players to play at the moment. There's a lot of unrest behind the scenes there. But we'll save all that for the match preview that we'll do later on in the week. Neil, thanks ever so much for joining me. A pleasant surprise for you to come on here and get to talk about a draw with Manchester City as well because I don't think any of us expected to be doing that. So nice to do a show for a change with a smile on my face. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on. Let's get those subscriber numbers up. And if you do want to get yourself some purity, you can use our 10% discount code, hashtag VillaView. I'm not going to murder it in the outro like I did in the intro. I believe they've got some new product coming out. They've been in touch today, so some of that's coming my way. So I'll let you know whether it's any good, and then we can go and use our code. Get yourself some purity for 10% off. Thanks ever so much for watching Up The Villa. Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.